0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu tubarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin. Sayyidina wa sannadina wa habibina wa shafi'ina wa maulana. Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azwajihi wa dhuriyatihi wa ahli baytihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yulmiddini wa ba'd. So we continue from where we left off uh, yesterday uh, after having spoken about uh, different things that are removed from the bodies of different animals, and uh, which of them are pure and which of them are impure, and what the scope for difference of opinion is between them. Uh, 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 And uh, uh, we left off uh, talking about boar bristle. And if you want to know more about that, you can just go to yesterday's video, inshallah, and and watch her and listen from yesterday's recording, and we continue. Haram Allah Subhanahu. Shur al chamri qali lha wa kathirha. Wa al sharab al arabiyya ma tamri. Wa bayna Rasul Rasul alaihi salamu. Ana kullama askara kathiru min al ashribati fakali Luhu haram. So he begins by saying that uh, Allah, Most High, has made uh, the drinking of khamar uh, 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 haram. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the drinking of khamar haram. And so uh, what is khamar? Khamar generally is translated to wine. The Arabs had a a number of different uh, names and words for wine. Interestingly enough, a fun fact that even the word kahwa, which we use to mean coffee nowadays, is um, it used to be a name for a particular type of wine. Uh, for whatever reason, it, it transferred over once the people started drinking the the wonderful drink of this bean, which is not haram and is altogether wonderful. For whatever reason, mashallah, um, there's this like kind of urban legend between like anti, uh, anti-ulama uncles that like, the ulama at first said that wine was or coffee was haram, but then because so many people started drinking it, they changed their fatwa. And uh, I'm flabbergasted. If you look at the amount of detailed discussion that the ulama have just about what the definition of wine is and how coffee in no way, shape, or form fits that wine, and if some mufti or another said it was haram, the preponderant majority of the ulama uh, said that it wasn't, and there was no like popular vote like. You know, there's like a, a Twitter tweet by like medieval Sheikh Fulan who's like, "Should wine be halal or haram?" Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. LOL. And like, you know, whatever. LOL. Won, but then they decided not to make it haram anymore. This is completely stupid. If you don't know any, if you don't know how to read Arabic and you can't cite a book uh, for uh, stupid things that you say, perhaps it's better to stay quiet. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, these are like weird types of pranks that people people pull and they put up to me. I was once invited to a party with relatives, uh, and uh, um, there were some in-laws of in-laws of in-laws or something like that visiting from somewhere. And uh, someone started like this kind of anti-ulama urban legend, uh, you know, about how the Ottoman Empire never had any printing presses and blah blah blah. And uh, eh, I, I, you know, there was a there was a Hamza that would have like completely gone like Mortal Kombat fatality mode about that and I held my tongue I bit my tongue I thought like you know what we're going to pray Maghrib and uh, then I'm going to leave and this is all going to be over and uh, I don't need to like whatever because whoever is going to say something like this so bold-faced me correcting them on their lack of historical acumen is not probably going to rectify the underlying problem Uh, And then what happened was after the salat, you know, our host who probably knew uh, what was boiling underneath my skin. uh, He said, uh, Malana Saab, can you please say some words of uh, advice after the salat? I'm like, "Eh, "No, it's a party. No one came here for a ban. He's like, no, I insist. I was like, yes, well, uh, I'm telling you no. And I'm going to give you another chance. And whatever happens is your fault after that. He's like, no, go ahead. And so then we talked about these kind of weird anti-ulama urban legends. But at any rate, khamer is haram. Uh, what the definition of khamr is, is something that the ulama have discussed and defined. Uh, uh, and uh, it's a really Im- important and very rich discussion, uh, part of which we're going to have now and another part of which, inshallah, you can, you can read uh, 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 later on. Uh, and uh, uh, so he says that Allah Ta'ala made khamar, made wine. For now, we'll just define it as wine. Uh, haram, illicit. wa kathiruha. A little bit of it and a lot of it. So you cannot just say like, well, I just took a sip. Uh, no, all of it is haram. The small amount is haram and the, the large amount is haram. This is a hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Uh, 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 that everything that intoxicate uh, that a large amount of it will intoxicate a person, a small amount of it is uh, is haram as well and so uh, this hadith has a, 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 some subtleties and meaning that need to be extracted out using various usuli methodologies, but this hadith is a very sound hadith, and so he mentions this, he says that whatever is khamar whatever is wine or whatever will get you drunk um, it is haram uh, and the hadith of the Prophet indicates that thing that that a large amount of it will get you drunk, uh, a small amount of it also then becomes haram. So you can't just say I had a sip, or I had uh, you know I put it in uh, you know I put the wine into the into the food for cooking or whatever. And this is a thing you know, people cook with wine. Uh, Non-Muslims cook with wine. Some Muslims probably do, but it's haram anyway. And there's a reason to cook with wine. You'll remember from your chemistry days that. Uh, you know things are you have like covalent bonds and ionic bonds and so there are certain solvents that uh, will will dissolve easily readily dissolve things with high levels of uh, uh, covalence uh, or uh, Ionic bonds. So for example water will s- dissolve salt really well, but it won't dissolve something that has uh, a, a less electronegative differential uh, in the bond. So something like um Oil, right water is not going to dissolve it because the whole shtick of water dissolving it is that you have uh, the oxygen that hogs the electrons of the two hydrogens that are with it leaving a complete face of like a proton exposed on another side which makes it very invasive whenever there's a negative charge on something whereas something like uh, uh oil it doesn't have i mean it's electronegativity is relatively balanced and so the electron cloud is Relatively well spread out uh, around the the, the molecule, um, uh, if it's just a, a pure hydrocarbon, especially, uh, and so there's not that much for it to the water to get into. Rather, uh, um, it will dissolve with itself, and it will prefer to dissolve in its in itself than to mix with the with the water. And so, <clears throat> on the flip side, however, if you have a solvent that's completely nonpolar. Uh, uh, like a simple, like a simple hydrocarbon uh, uh, solvent, there's a lot of things it's not going to dissolve very well. So that's why we sometimes use water in cooking because there are certain flavors that are more soluble in water. And sometimes we like to use fat, like butter uh, or oil, will uh, dissolve certain flavors better and certain textures better. And so the reason, one of the reasons that they use uh, alcohol in cooking is what is that alcohol is a funny solvent that's kind of halfway between water in between um, oil, and so there are certain disso- flavors that will dissolve in alcohol better than in any anything else, and um, a lot of homeopathic medicines are also suspended in alcohol as well for the same reason. I don't want to get into the discussion as to whether homeopathy is empirically proven to be useful or not, that's something we can let other people get into, but homeopathic medicines are dissolved in and uh, suspended in alcohol because mm-hmm. Those particular uh, molecules, they 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 mix in the alcohol better. Another thing that's oftentimes uh, suspended in alcohol is what? Is flavors. So there's natural flavors, there's artificial flavors, there's super concentrated flavors of stuff. And it's funny, natural flavor means that the flavor comes from a natural source. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a natural flavor of the thing it purports to be. So apparently, like, for example, natural pork flavor is not made out of pigs. It's uh, some particular molecule that they extract from like rotting wood or something like that that gives things the flavor of pork. Uh, And so, uh, uh, you know, on a very basic level, uh, uh, the material itself would not be haram. Uh, But like a lot of these flavors are soluble in, in alcohol and they're kept in alcohol. They're suspended in alcohols, And like, you know, it's really interesting in my work with halal advocates. Uh, you know, I have inspected flavor houses before, and some of these flavors are so concentrated. Like, if you take a teaspoon of, of like any flavor, like whatever grape flavor, one might think like, oh, grape flavor. A, what could be haram, and B, like that's wonderful. You know, that'll taste really grapey, grapey. You know, and like a teaspoon of it or half a teaspoon of it is like it's going to kill you. It's so concentrated. You know, you would use that in huge, like ton-sized batches. But uh, for the same principle, many of these flavors are suspended in uh, in alcohol uh, because uh, they their polarity uh, the polarity of their bonds is not so pronounced that they will um, readily dissolve in water but it's not so uh non-polar that it will readily dissolve in and and in, in like uh like oil or something like that and so it requires you know for, for for optimum extraction it requires a solvent somewhere along the middle so for example like vanilla flavor vanilla flavor that's used in chocolate chip cookies right what could be haram about that right uh, uh vanilla flavor that's in chocolate chip cookies is uh um it's suspended in alcohol and oftentimes like the vanilla flavor that you'll buy Will be like 30 40 50 60 percent alcohol which is actually far more potent in terms of alcohol content than a lot of uh a lot of spirits are you know a lot of a lot of hard alcoholic beverages definitely has a higher far higher alcohol content than wine or beer does uh, which are definitely also haram so where does all of this leave us uh one you know if you want to be real hardcore uh, and there are some people who love being hardcore, mashallah. Um, they want to keep it real, no matter how how wrong it goes. Um, if you really want to be hardcore, you can get the vanilla flavor from Trader Joe's that's suspended in propylene glycol. If you actually know what propylene glycol is, uh, you may not. You may see why, like it's preferable uh, for a food scientist to keep the flavor suspended in. And alcohol, given that propylene glycol is also an ingredient in most industrial cleaners, and it's also what they use uh, in a lot of airports, less especially less environmentally conscientious airports. It's what they use at the airport to de-ice the planes with, um, because it has a real low freezing point and it will, like, it will still mix with the ice enough to be able to get the, the ice off of the planes. If you have a more environmentally conscious airport, what they'll usually do is use warm vegetable oil. And so, like they'll turn the airplane into a large aluminum pakora and, like, uh, you know, like baste it in, in, in warm vegetable oil. Um, but the propylene glycol probably does a far better job, and it's also what you use to clean your toilets and your bathrooms and tiles with. And uh, a person who's a toxicologist, you know, could tell us more about this. But it's probably not um, as toxic as, as, as ethanol, as ethyl alcohol is. It's probably less toxic than propylene glycol. You probably would rather ingest those small amounts of propylene, uh, sorry, ethanol, um, rather than the propylene glycol, given the fact that there is no set of chocolate chip cookies that has so much vanilla flavor in it that you're ever possibly going to get drunk from them. And this brings us back to the hadith of the thing that ma kathiru kathiruhu haram, the Hanafi madhab, which... Is not the maliki madhab i'm being very clear about this from the beginning the Hanafi madhab which is not the maliki madhab i'm not giving a maliki fatwa right now before you know abu leith is like oh, 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 oh i got this guy he's a no we're explaining a of the Hanafi madhab uh, um, why first of all so people can understand it and b uh, because this is an issue that is to sort it out uh, uh, may. Uh, may not require a rukhsa, but it may seek a rukhsah reasonably, and we'll leave that to the to the muftis. The Hanafi madhab has an opinion in it, which I find to be a very well-reasoned opinion, that this hadith, if you look at the mafhum mukhalaf of this hadith, that if it's the case that that thing that a large amount of it is going to uh, 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 make you drunk, and that a small amount of it is haram, that thing that a large amount of it is not going to make you drunk, then the small, small amount of it should be halal. Uh, it's a very rational proposition. And so people look at the alcohol, the, the vanilla flavor, and they say, well, it has so much alcohol in it. If you were to take a swig of it, you know, or just, just to chug it down from the bottle, it would be completely haram and it would totally make you drunk. And I have no problem with that. If someone wants to say that drinking alcohol from the bottle is haram, uh, I, I would probably, I would not probably, I would almost definitely second that. Uh, however, um, the question is, is the, is the vanilla flavor that is extracted in alcohol, is it khamar, is it wine or not, for the purposes of the fiqh? Why? Because if it's wine, then a large amount of it and a small amount of it will be haram. And according to the Hanafi madhab, wine is the wine that's haram, the wine that if a person says that it's not haram, that person is outside of the pale of Islam, that wine which is haram is a necessarily known part of the deen. That is a necessarily known part of the deen, that every child of the Muslims knows that that wine is haram. Uh, the Hanafis, they make taqeed of it. They say that the taqeed is with the nas. That it, it, the nas only explicitly mentions the wine that's made of dates and the wine that's made out of grapes, and so they say that every other every other thing that will make you drunk, uh, uh, it will not technically follow the same ruling as wine. However, it is still haram, but it has to make you drunk, right? It has to make you drunk. So, taking a swig of the uh, uh, of the uh, uh, of the vanilla flavor would make you drunk if you drank enough of it. So, it's haram. However, according to the madhab, uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, the, whatever one tablespoon you put into a batch of cookies and then bake afterward. The cookie that you're eating afterward is, A, it's definitely not khamer. And B, is it, the question is, is it possible to eat enough cookie to get drunk? That you just keep eating, you fill your stomach. And I love I love chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies are my poison. There are some people who are addicted to, you know. Uh, to crack, and some people are addicted to heroin, and some people are addicted to alcohol, the alcoholics, and their livers are dying, and they get into car accidents and stuff. Allah didn't save me from my nafs; I'd probably kill myself on chocolate chip cookies. However, uh, um, it's not hamer, and to my knowledge, there's it's not possible to eat enough chocolate chip cookies that a person gets tipsy. And so uh, uh, because the, the, the fatwa is contingent with the final product, A, is it khamar or not? No, it's not khamar. B, is the final product, does it have enough alcohol in it to make you drunk? Or another example, for example, is like soy, right? Uh, 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 soy sauce. There are soy sauces that uh, in the fermentation process will accrue a fair amount of alcohol. Uh, uh, enough to make a person drunk. Now, the problem is soy sauce is salted so badly that I don't think a person could drink even, you know, has a capacity without the natural reflex of vomiting, could drink enough soy sauce to get drunk. But the question is, you know, for that soy sauce to be haram. Like if it was Shafi'i Mufti, my my guess would be that they would just be like, stamp it haram and be rid of it, right? But according to this Hanafi uh, um, uh, um, setup, you um, you know, you have a soy sauce, you mix it at the sushi restaurant with your with your uh, wasabi and then you dip a piece of sushi in it. And sushi, what could be haram with sushi? It's all seafood, right? And, uh, you know, if you have some Hanafis that are hating on the shellfish, you know, you just get the salmon and tuna, alhamdulillah. You know, people ask me, our mashakh used to ask um, in, uh, 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 in madrasa, oh, my Hamza, you're a Maliki, you can eat shrimp, you know, uh, you must eat shrimp all the time. And I'm like, I'm like, Shaykh, I don't even like eating fish. Like, I don't, I mean, like, as far as I'm concerned, my biology training shows me that the Hanafis are essentially correct, that the shrimp and lobsters and crabs, these are all just a bunch of like, basically, they're like aquatic insects and they look really gross to me and I don't like eating them. And so they're all very crestfallen and disappointed because, uh, uh, mashallah, I think all of them have the secret love for the forbidden you know, for that forbidden fruit, and I just I'm not I'm not down. So uh, um, at any rate, uh, you know, so you have your sushi. What could be halaler than that? It's it's just fish. It's fish and rice, right? And so uh, what happens? There's mirin in the in the uh, in the preparation of the rice, which is problematic, and then there's alcohol in the soy sauce. By the according to the Hanafi standard, the question is: Is it possible to dunk your your uh, uh, whatever spicy salmon roll or spicy tuna roll uh, in enough uh, uh, wasabi-nated soy sauce and then eat it and there is there a number of pieces of sushi that you can eat like that that are enough to make a person tipsy to make them drunk i don't think there is i don't think there is and so, according to this uh, madhab, it's you know it should be it should be permis- permissible. Now, why is it that I mentioned this madhab first before mentioning the Maliki ruling? The reason is this: is that the Maliki ruling of like ethanol being khamr If you take the the Maliki ruling of of naturally brewed ethanol, a, a alcohol that comes into a product through a natural brewing process, that at some stage along its existence. Is a, is a liquid that can make you drunk. To take all of them to, to be in the hukam of khamar, because khamar is haram for two reasons. One is because it's it's intoxicating, and the other is because it's najis, because it's filthy, it's ritually impure. So like, for example, if you pour, if you spill like a glass of wine on your clothes, you have to wash those clothes. You can't pray in those clothes because those clothes are filthy, uh, even if you never got drunk off of it. And it's haram to consume filth. Right. So, you know, I mean, it's haram to go and be like, mm, look, human feces. Are, mm, it's not haram. It's not making me drunk. No, you can't say that. Right. I mean, it's gross anyway. But, like, you know, just for the purpose of like understanding the law, it's nudges and eating nudges is haram. Selling and buying najas is haram, like we've talked about in, in previous days. So, the issue is this is that if we say that if we say that those things are hammer, we have a, a a number of problems that occur. Um, one is that like almost every packaged thing has natural flavors in it And najis is not a, 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 you know, najasa or ritual impurity is not a hukam That is, it's a spiritual hukam, it's not a physical hukam, right? So theoretically speaking, you could, uh, uh, you know, you could mix, uh, 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 you know, you could mix a an amount There is a pole. Ibn Abi Zaid's is that in a, in a small amount of uh, of liquid You mix a small amount of najasa and it just makes it najas now, the call the of malik is, uh, in the fatwa of the, the maliki madhab is that it has to affect the taste, the color, or the smell of the, of the uh, liquid in order for it to make that liquid into something nudges. But natural flavors, by their definition, affect the taste. Artificial flavors, by their definition, affect the taste. And almost all of them are suspended in what? They're suspended in alcohol. So you have a problem that if you want to be consistent with following that fatwa, then all of a sudden, really anything you buy, sell, uh, that's food stuff with a package in it, a great majority of them are going to be najis. They're going to be haram to eat. And I'm not arguing that that opinion is not with merit. And I'm not arguing it's not a good opinion. I'm just saying we have to be honest with ourselves. We cannot be disingenuous and say like, well, look, you know, like eating chocolate chip cookies is haram, but then you're going to... Eat store-bought bread Or you're going to eat a, 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 you know, Like a store-bought uh, Like a Snickers bar Or an ice cream bar Or really anything That has natural flavors Or artificial flavors in it So uh, in a amali sense I think everyone ends up Making uh, practice on the Hanafi madhab Whether they like it or not Or you can go like Off the deep end of the reservation Like um, there was an old gentleman Who uh, you know Allah forgive him He passed away from this world Is what I'm told but Allah forgive him. He uh, opened a website called Muslim Consumer Group, and he was complete, like he was completely off his rocker. He made everything into Haram. Coke is Haram, this is Haram, that's Haram, this is Haram, this Haram, that's Haram, etc. And there's a muftabihi position in the Hanafi madhab saying that these things are not Haram. and uh, uh, but, but you know, and he was a food scientist. he was not a scholar, nor was he a, uh, uh, nor was he a uh, uh, a person who, I, as far as I could tell, had any madhab or anything. And uh, one might say, well, if he's passed away, why do you speak evil of of, of him? I'm not speaking evil of the guy. I hope Allah Ta'a forgives him. Uh, I wouldn't want to have to account for the thing that he did because it's a really bad sin. To talk about ilm without having any knowledge is really bad. And the ilm is an amana. Uh, there are huge chapters of what would have been considered ghibah, backbiting, which have been opened up for the necessity of the preservation of knowledge, the whole uh, science of jarh wa ta uh, jarh ta'dil, uh, of, of you know of rating narrators and grading narrators of hadith, um, you know the comments that are made about those uh, narrators would be considered completely awful backbiting, but it's a ne- it's a necessity that when somebody speaks about ilm that you you know if they make a mistake you got to call it out and uh this man it, he didn't make ijtihad. as far as i could tell he didn't you know he didn't crack open any books of fiqh or ilm he just kind of like oh he's like, go look this has alcohol in it haram uh, or and uh, uh that's that but at any rate uh, this uh hanafi which i feel is um argued really well and is based on usul that are based on the nusus of deen, I think it is a fatwa that I think people should feel comfortable uh, uh, with, and that we should feel comfortable taking. If I have a choice, I'll avoid things that have alcohol in them. Uh, for example, like a fatwa, interesting, like the corollary to this fatwa is what is uh, perfumes. Uh, most perfumes, and by definition, all colognes. Uh, Will have ethanol in them as a, uh, um, you know, as 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 a way of increasing the vapor pressure of the of the liquid, so as to bring out the smell of of whatever essence there is in in the perfume. So, like all French perfumes and all uh, uh, almost all French perfumes and almost all uh, uh, colognes and uh, Western scents, um, they have they have alcohol in them. And so I asked about this fatwa, one of the Mauritanian mashaykh, he says that it's very interesting that you ask this, the Hanafi uh, rukhsa, they, they take it because for whatever reason, even many of the ulama in Mauritania really love French perfumes, like they're like really... You know, they love them. And I could see why, because the great perfume markets of the East are very far away. And oftentimes those perfumes that are there in the Eastern markets are even more expensive than the ones that are in department stores. And France is far closer and probably has more regular delivery to a place like Mauritania. So those are probably the best perfumes they have access to, uh, unless they go to the Haramein Sharifein. And uh, um, so many of them will use it. And, uh, they'll you know, they're aware of the the, the Hanafi fatwa and they take uh, they take advantage of it that the alcohol in those things is not najis um, and again uh, it does affect the you know najasa will it will be the hukum will transfer it if it affects the color taste or smell of the uh, of the, the the water the liquid it's mixed in if it's a perfume it's obviously gonna affect the smell uh, and so and so uh, um, you know uh, i would avoid you know, I would avoid the beer battered fish and these types of things because you can. Uh, but those things that are, uh, those things that are cooked in some sort of synthetic alcohol, or uh, something that was never, um, at a stage that was meant for drinking consumption, I think there's there's some leeway to to take this uh, to take this rukhsa. Uh But in all cases, actual wine wine that's made of dates and grapes. If someone uses it as an additive in something that's being cooked, that that thing will be haram by consensus because even the Hanafis will say that that wine, wine that's from like dates or grapes, that's nudges. And so even a tablespoon of that in like a great amount of food will just make the entire thing into ritual impurity. And uh, uh, thus it should be avoided. Uh, so here there's a discussion about this. Um, there was a time that these things didn't need to be so detailed because food preparation was far simpler than it is right, you know, for nowadays. And it was a less industrialized process, and it was uh, 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 more something that resembled what happens in a kitchen than something that res- uh, happens in a, in a laboratory. But uh, here we are, and we explain the reasons for that as well. So uh, Allah made haram, uh, transcendent above blemishes, He. The drinking of chamor of wine, uh, a little bit and a lot of it, and the drink, uh, the alcoholic drink of the Arabs in those days, was fadich made of, uh, of of dates. And this fadich is described in the Sharh. Um, and so, uh, 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 the uh, you know, they would just smash up the dates and then pour water and mix water in it. And they would let the, let the drink oxidize. The first stage of oxidation from sugar, uh, it makes alcohol. Then the next stage of oxidation makes an aldehyde. And then the next stage of oxidation uh, makes it into, a, into an acid. And actually that's how the, the body deals with, uh, uh, um, with ethanol is the liver will just oxidize it to make it stop like functioning uh, in the body. Um, and so it will make it into ethyl aldehyde with it, which is a, re- relatively, uh, um, a relatively innocuous uh, substance in the bloodstream. And that's why, that's why drinking methyl alcohol is so dangerous because if you if the body will deal with it the same way, we'll just oxidize it and turn it into methyl aldehyde, which is also known by a conventional name formaldehyde, which is going is a very toxic uh, substance. It's actually used to stop like corpses from rotting, uh, so it's not going to be very good. So it, he mentions that uh, that the, the 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 dominant alcoholic beverage that the Arabs used to drink uh, was this fadih which was made out of uh made out of dates what a waste of dates uh wa bayyana rasuluhu alayhi salam ann kullama askara kathirun min al ashribati khaliluhu haram and the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he uh, made it very clear uh that uh, uh, that everything that uh, makes a person drunk uh, 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 uh from the from from drinks um uh, that makes that a large amount of it will make a person drunk then a small amount of it is is haram But ma fa askarahu uh min kulli and everything uh uh everything and he uses in particular this word chamara uh, 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 uh everything that will that will make the rational process in a person uh, seem uh, obscure uh, to a person and that takes a person's rational faculty away from them min uh, from every every uh, every thing that's drunk, um, all of them, uh, according to the Maliki uh, uh, madhab, um, it's all uh, uh, considered to be uh, uh, all considered to be khamar. It's all considered to be wine uh, by the standard that we uh, mentioned from before. And we mentioned the Hanafi standard because of the because of the prevalence of, uh, of the prevalence of things that have some amount of. Uh, that alcohol in it or another and so it's very interesting here uh, it's important to note also that the, the the ulama they actually, this is something that I hear from people, they're like well you know weed is different than, than alcohol and the ulama actually distinguished between the drunkenness of uh, the drunkenness of getting drunk and the uh, effects of narcotics and they recognize that they're different and they're both haram, but for different reasons and with different degrees, with different variations, uh, which we may have time to discuss a little bit later in the dars, but uh, we're not going to discuss right now. <laughs> وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ was salam inna إِنَّ الَّذِي حَرَّمَ uh, 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 الشُّرْبَهَا uh, حَرَّمَ بِيَعَهَا uh, 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 the uh, uh, the the one who the Nabi Sallallahu said that the one who made drinking uh, the alcohol haram, that uh, 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 Nabi Sallallahu also, he made uh, 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 he made selling it haram as well. And this is a sickness that is there in many of our masajid. It's a sickness that's there in our community. It's a sickness that's there uh, in a type of just weird and decrepit nifaq that's there and uh, many people in our community members, uh, many people in, that our community is made up of. And we need to call it out. And we need to uh, make sure that such people's money don't doesn't make it into the masajid. And we need to uh, really like put pressure on such people to change their ways and find a halal means of income. Many people in our community are selling alcohol. And the worst part about it is that many of them will Uh, sell it in those poor neighborhoods. I mean, it's bad enough if you sell it in the suburbs to rich people. That's bad as well. But they'll sell it in those poor neighborhoods to those uh, socioeconomically depressed uh, people in those socioeconomically depressed neighborhoods. And oftentimes it will be black neighborhoods, it will be minority neighborhoods. Um, And our people will profit from their uh, death and from their destruction. And there's no profit in it whatsoever and i've seen those families that sell, or like the, you'll see someone has a liquor store so i don't have a liquor store they'll have like a restaurant and they will sell in their restaurant beer or wine they'll say brother we can't make money you know without it mm-hmm. you, you know you can make money i remember there was one uh, um, once restaurant owner uh um that you know one Ramadan made toba and like decided to stop selling alcohol in his restaurant and the guy owns like several houses and he drives like, mashallah, six figure cars and things like that. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, make dua for me. I'm giving up so much money. And I said, don't say you're giving up money. That was ill-gotten wealth. You know, it wasn't yours to take in the first place. And Allah has fed you, mashallah, you're paying your bills. You have a house to like live in. You're putting clothes on your back. Your kids are you're putting clothes on their backs. You know, they're, you're feeding them. But all of his relatives ran restaurants and they all sold alcohol. And they all said, oh, look how much money we're making. You're an idiot. You're not making as much as we are. Look how much we're taking home. Look how much we're this, how much we're that, et cetera. And, uh, uh, you know, it just got in his head. And one day you see that the, you know, the beer fridge is back in the thing. And, uh, and you know, I just I just got up and left. I didn't even bother ordering. And then you see the flip side, the, the, the flip side, the other uh, example as well, that there are some people who had huge businesses. They had restaurants that were of the top end with top end clientele. And they made, uh, you know, hand over fist money. And this is one of the one of the things you will always, when you're selling bottle, you'll make money off of it because um, that's the way that's the way it is. You're selling something of no benefit in the first place. You'll make large amounts of profit, you uh, know, uh, uh, you know, in in a very in a very scratchless surface superficial way. But what ends up happening? Those same families, like in the previous uh, uh, examples described, you see someone is a drug addict, someone dies in a car accident, someone this, an entire family of the children are wiped out from being functional human beings and really they deserve it. It's better to be wiped out in this world than to be wiped out in the hereafter allah ta'ala protect all of us from getting what we deserve i don't want to like, look down on them but this is a very clear choice that a person makes it you're going to sell alcohol you're going to rip people off you're going to uh, yeah. you're going to eat the people's um, uh, uh, money through falsehood you know someone's going to get drunk and go home and beat his wife someone's going to go drunk get drunk and beat his children someone's going to get into a car accident on the way home someone this is going to introduce diseases into their body. There's no benefit or, uh, you know, um, uh, good in it at all. And the greatest sign of nifaq is that these people, they'll say like, well, we sell it, we don't drink it ourselves. Yeah, of course you don't drink it yourself because you know it's poison. What kind of a scorpion of a human being? what uh, kind of aqrab and bitch who would like sell something to somebody knowing that it's gonna harm them, but be okay with like taking money from them for them to harm themselves. Um, that's not you know that's not that's not from the sifat and the Shiam of Islam or from the Shiam or Sifat of being a Muslim. And so uh, so you know we've seen those people who have these huge businesses, really high class like a lister uh, uh, type clientele um and uh they gave it up and they turned their restaurants into like fast food chains and yeah sure they're not making as much money sure of course they're absolutely they're not making as much money but inshallah there's salama and there's peace and there's blessing in it. and who knows maybe allah ta'ala will turn their business into something that will get them even more money afterward but the point is whether you make the money or you don't make the money you didn't declare war on the lord Allah. You didn't. Uh, you didn't. You didn't earn the enmity and the spite of uh, of the one who created the heavens and the earth from nothing. and all of all of you, you know, you're all going to return to him. All of us, you know, that we're all, all all going to return to him one day and have to give have to give account for that. And that's, I mean, that's the point. Whether or not your business makes it or not, is not the. That's the point. Because even if your business is like, you know, Forbes, Fortune 500, um, amazingest company in the world, and like Donald Trump and uh, Barack Obama are trying to shake your hand because of how awesome your business is, uh, you know, neither of them is going to be there to help you on that day. Uh, and that's kind of what Islam is all about. So uh, Ibn Abi Zayd mentions that, that the Rasul said that the one, Jalla Allah, the one who made its drinking haram, made its sale haram. And uh, likewise, made buying it haram, made transporting it haram, made uh, witnessing its sale haram, made storing it, everything having to do with that transaction, all of it is, is poison. All of it is toxic to a person's deen and to a person's imam. Uh, وَنَهَا عَنِ مِنَ الْأَشْرِبَةِ وَذَلَكَ أَنْ يَخْلُطَ عِنْدَ, uh, عند الْإِنْتِبَادِ uh, uh, وَعِنْدَ الشُرْبِ uh when uh nahan in tibadi fiduba'iwal uh muzafati when nahaan uh uh okay so uh, uh, uh so we, we you know we read this that he forbade sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mixing drinks as well. Uh 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 uh, uh أودقها معا عليهما النبي صلى الله mixing uh, those drinks that are haram but uh, uh, w- in the same uh, he forbade them forbade uh, their uh, mixing عند الانتباه and he forbade their mixing and الشرب صلى الله عليه وسلم لما في صحيح مسلم uh, من نهيه عليه السلام. عن uh, خليط التمر وعن خليط التمر وعن خليط ز, uh, uh, الزهوي وقال أيضا من شرب منكم زبيبا فردا أو تمرا فردا uh, uh, so he uh, forbade from mixing the different uh, so the different things that they made nabidh from so nabidh is a, a drink that the that the Arabs used to drink and Nabeeth is an interesting thing. It's basically like fruit-soaked water, I think, is probably the best way of, of describing it, that if you uh, uh, put fruit in water, if you put dates in water, or you soak uh, um, grapes in water or raisins in water or whatever, the you know how they have, like, this infused water in, like, hotel lobbies? I imagine it's something like that. Uh, and so it has, like, a, a pleasant uh, aroma, but it's not, like, completely smashed up like... Uh, um, it's not completely smashed up like, uh, like juice is, uh, and so, uh, um, uh, so it you know it was it's kind of like more like I, don't, I imagine it was probably like some sort of energy drink type of thing. There's something similar that they do in Punjab with soaking the the the, the soaking wheat. They call it satu. Uh, 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 and all of these drinks I ima- you know, I imagine it's the same issue Which is what if that If you leave the fruit in there soaking long enough Then it will uh, It will become alcoholic The drink will become alcoholic And so <coughs> The nabih is Permissible as long as it hasn't Become alcoholic yet So a person has to make sure that they haven't left it there too long The messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Uh, uh he he mentioned that you cannot uh, uh, you cannot mix the fruit and uh, 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 the and the uh, 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 al intibad that when you actually put you can't mix all of these different fruits and um, at the time of at the time of soaking in the soaking process nor at the time of drinking and so what I imagine the the because the thing is these are things that I guess we don't really practice anymore uh, nowadays but I imagine. Part of the part of the reason for the prohibition, wallahu alam, is that you know there are different fruits that are on in different um, points along the decay process, and so uh, some of them, if you mix something that's like further along, it will probably make the entire thing uh, uh, rot and ferment faster, Uh, wallahu taala alam. But uh, this is the hukum that he mentions. It mentions the Khalit, the the min al Ashriba that that you should mix the fruits in in the process of soaking them, or you should mix the fruits, or you should have the different soaked fruit water and drink them at the same time and uh you know this is something that they used to drink Nabi uh, you know the companions used to drink it but they would make sure that it wasn't uh, soaking for too long because if it soaks for too long it will become muskid it will become uh, intoxicating and so i remember a a uh, um a narration in the sharh uh, al-athar which testifies to the wit of Sayyidina ali anhu that during his caliphate uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, ansar came to visit him I believe in Kufa and the ansar to a man they backed Sayyidina Ali anhu, uh, um, in the fitan and uh, so uh, what happened it was a very hot day outside and so there was a bowl of a bowl of nabid and uh, so it was given to that companion to drink and he downed it very quickly and then afterward it became clear that he he was uh, he was drunk and Sayyidina Ali, anh, who said, like, I, you know, I'm the Amir al-Mu'mineen, I apologize, I recognize that this is not by any fault of your own, but you're drunk right now, and this is a had from the hudud of Allah Ta'ala, and I'm the imam, I'm the sovereign uh, uh, imam of the Muslims, and so I'm going to have to uh, implement had on you, I'm going to have to lash you for this. And so the person who's quick-witted enough, he says, hold on a second, he says, don't you know I was there at the Battle of Badr? And don't you know the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, what do you know about the people of Badr that Allah has not looked into their hearts and said to them, uh, do whatever you want after this day, uh, you've forgiven. Uh, you do whatever you want after this day, you're all forgiven. And uh, uh, Sayyidina Ali radhiallahu who responds to him, he says, he says, yes, I was also there at the Battle of Badr. And so if there's anything, any sin in, in, in having you lashed, inshallah, Allah will forgive me for it. But the point is is that they used to they used to drink nabi, but uh, you know if you're not careful, uh, this is something this is something that that could happen, but it's it seems a bit far from from our our experiences our experience nowadays, and a lot of the things that we drink that are called juice are not really juice anyway uh, but uh, i don't I don't ever recall like hearing about somebody you know busting open a tropicana or busting open a like a you know a coconut water uh, or or whatever and like getting drunk. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know that to be. I don't know that to be an issue. In a high school chemistry class, uh, a chemistry professor of mine once said that uh, a half-oxygenated uh, rotten pineapple juice will all turn into ether and could become explosive. Um, but I never really tried that out. And given the current political climate, it's probably people who look like me uh, probably best not not mess with the <laughs> mess with the pineapple um, pineapple ether. Uh, whether it's a reality or, or a uh, community college uh, legend And the Prophet sallallahu wa forbade uh, um, <coughs> Soaking fruit in the dubba uh, uh, and the muzaffat And the dubba and the muzaffat are two types of container That were uh, typically used for Were typically used for the uh, uh, for for the fermentation and the drinking and storage of of, of intoxicating uh, uh, of wines and intoxicating beverages, to be honest with you, uh, I, I don't know what they look like, and uh, um, that somebody you know somebody can look that up if they wish to, um, but. Uh, um, that kind of, that, that, the, the, the point is if you look in the shuruhaat, that's what it, it says is that the duba and muzaffat are types of container that were commonly associated with, with uh, drunkenness. Wa naha alayhi salamu an al akli an kulli dhi nabin min al-siba'i wa an akli luhum al-humuri al-ahliyati wa dakhala madkhalaha luhum al-khayli wal-bighali liqawli allahi tabarak wa ta'ala Um, so the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam he forbade uh uh the eating of the eating of of every uh fanged creature every fanged creature from wild animals uh, uh, it's everything that is like a predator basically uh, like lions and like jackals and hyenas and like um foxes and like wolves and uh, 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 and here the prophet sallallahu forbade it uh, malik, made, uh, malik interprets this uh, 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 prohibition as being karaha that it's makruh a person shouldn't eat them they should stay away from them not eating them is something that is rewarded uh, but he considered eating them not to be a sin there's this whole thing about like eating bats uh, uh, from wet markets is it haram in the maliki madhab but hey, yeah, at least it's makruh uh, so please don't go around telling him Everyone, I'm a Maliki, and I can eat bats if I want to. It's at, at you know, um, it's you know the carnivorous bats. It's at least makruh to eat them. Uh, and so, a person, uh, uh, you know, just because it's not haram, please don't turn this into like the Batman madhab. Uh, 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 and Allah Taala knows best. The point is taken that it's not haram. The fatwa is not, it's not that it's haram to eat uh, eat uh, eat uh, uh, carnivorous or predatory animals um, in the madhab. Uh, the naskali lul makruhu sabarun uh sabu'un not sab'un like as in seven but sabu'un as like siba uh uh um uh uh well wa th wa 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 dhibun wa hirun uh wa uh, inwa وال, uh, والث, والث, uh, uh, uh uh and so uh q and namsu will fahdu one numru W uh في in كراهته خلاف in si that eating dogs likewise is makruh in the in the Maliki Madhab uh, um, as opposed to the ones who say that is haram, or the ones who say that it is uh, uh, permissible. Um, uh, so in the Maliki school, there are only four animals that are like haram haram, and those four animals are what they are. Uh, they'll mention one of them is pig, you know that. Two of them they're about to mention right now, and the fourth one is people. People are completely haram. You cannot eat people. People are more haram than than pigs uh, to eat, um, and then the rest of the animals are either permissible or makruh. And so he mentions that the, the fanged or the predatory animals, um, they are uh, the Prophet saw some like stop people from eating them, and Malik or uh, Hamulat uh, you know, interpreted that mean to mean karaha, that it's makruh, uh, and. Uh, Nabi sallallahu forbade people from eating the, um, the meat of, uh, of domesticated donkeys. And so donkeys are domesticated. And so this is opposed to a wild donkey, which is permissible to eat. I asked the mashaykh, what is a wild donkey? They say, like, you know, the one that has black and white stripes. So basically a zebra. You can hunt a zebra uh, and eat it. But the domesticated donkey is haram to eat, uh, uh, as well as the khayl, as well as the horse. And uh, to my understanding, all the madhab prohibit eating horses except for one kohl of the Hanafi madhab, uh, which is practiced by some people in Central Asia. Uh, not all of them. Like I think the Turkomans, because the Turks have a real um, traditionally, culturally, a real close uh, attachment with their horses. And so, um, you know. So some of them would eat horse. I think the Turkomans, they actually uh, abhor the eating of horses because their attachment is like even that much closer than others. Wallahu alam. Because they all used to be uh, accomplished horsemen, riders, and uh, they could uh, shoot up with some accuracy. uh, They could shoot arrows as archers with some accuracy from horseback, uh, even at speed, which made them very effective warriors back in the day. Um, And so if donkey is haram, and a um, horse is haram, then, uh, you know, rationally, uh, baghla, a, um, a mule should be haram because a mule is half horse and half donkey. So it's haram from both sides of the family. Um, and the proof for this, uh, Ibn Abi Zaid says, is this, the word of Allah, uh, blessed and high is he, لِتَرْكَبُوْهَا wazinatan. Uh, that Allah made them for you to ride in a, as a beauty for you. Uh, meaning, one of the problems if you start eating horses and you start eating donkeys is that you no longer have uh, the 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 capacity to transport uh, people and goods with them. And they're uh, m- they're not so well suited for eating, and they're much well suited for 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 uh, use for transport. Uh, And so uh, they should be they should be protected for that. And it's interesting. This is exactly what's happening in Africa. Apparently in China, donkey meat is like really like in demand and like donkey parts and things like that. And so um, places in, in places in Africa and different places around the world, because it's huge demand for for donkey um, China has been going there and donkey hides, apparently they make something out of the donkey hides as well. So they've been going into these countries and just like cleaning out all the donkeys and importing them to, to China. And now there are donkey shortages and donkeys are used for simple things like bringing water from wells or transporting things around the farm and whatnot. Um, and so countries are starting to then the export of donkeys to, to China uh, for, 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 for this very reason, in fact. And so there's some great hikmah in the, in the Quranic injunction. وَلَا فِي شَيْءٍ مِّنْهَا and a person uh, uh, doesn't slaughter uh, uh, any of them slaughtering them does not make them halal whether it's donkeys or whether it's uh, uh, horses وَإِنَّمَا قُلْنَا it said that it neither slaughtering them according to the Islamic ritual will neither make the meat halal nor will it make the uh, the hide or the or the uh, the the parts of the body tahir. And it will not rend- render them pure. They will still be ritually impure. إِلَّا فِي الْحُمْرِ except for Except for the uh, the wild donkey, but we said from before that the hukam of the wild donkey meaning the zebra is different than the hukam of, of the uh, Himar ahli uh, uh, the, the 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 just normal domesticated donkey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, purge from our people and from our uh, Hearts and from our consumption the curse of alcohol and the curse of its price, and the curse of its business, and the curse of seeing it, and the curse of its facilitation. and May it not enter any of our homes. May it not enter any of our mouths. May it money that's cursed, that has la'ana in it, not enter any of our pockets. Um, may we not feed our children from it, and may, may, we, may we definitely not uh, uh, spend any of it on our masajid, or on the students of knowledge, or on the poor, or on the orphan or uh, on the madaris or any of the institutions of deen whoever is mubtala whoever is tried with it if someone hears this or listens to it uh, uh, or knows somebody who is may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them give them a cure from its addiction may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make bi'ad and distance between them and between it. May Allah subhanahu wa taala give them the tawfiq of making tawbah and moving away from it. Whether it's consumption of its ayn uh, or the consumption of its its proceeds or money. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa taala give us tawfiq in general to make tawbah from everything haram. This is a hadith. Uh, it's a sunnah in a, a sunnah du'a of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah makfina bi halalika an haramika. Allah Makfini bi halalika an haramika. wa Wa'awni bi an man siwak. Oh Allah, suffice me with your halal uh, uh, as opposed to your haram and uh, make me free of need uh, through you uh, from anyone else other than you. So this is a good, Allah, this is a good. Good du'a for a person who's mubtala In any sort of haram Whether it's money, whether it's something they eat Or something they drink Or uh, some other activity Whatever it is, a person should constantly ask us, The system has uh, left The the reins of the system Have left the hands of the righteous And the pious for some time now And now they're uh, in the hands of the uh, uh, You know uh, uh, And uh, the Mischief makers uh, who uh, are trying to profit as much as they can and, and slash and burn as much as they can and smash and grab as much as they can uh, on the heels of the destruction of civilization uh, in order to enjoy for a few days. And we say to such people, Kulu Eat and drink a little bit. Uh, 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 you are criminals in the highest court. Uh, and we say, lil lil That on the day of judgment, a curse will befall upon uh, those who deny uh, on that day Allah ta'ala protect us and give us toba and give us a way out of these um, out of all of this haram and all of this filth that has uh, that has completely uh, has completely befouled uh, uh, our lives uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, forgive us and accept our toba and protect us and protect the Ummah Sayyidina muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam from this uh, from this uh, pandemic and from this disease, and whoever uh, has it, may Allah Ta'ala cure them, and whoever doesn't have it, may Allah Ta'ala protect them, and whoever died from it, may Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala accept it as a shahada for them, and whoever is working to fight against it, may Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala reward them, whoever risked themselves, even the grocery baggers and the uh, janitors whoever is serving the public in this time and keeping things going and putting themselves in danger in this time, the doctors, the nurses, the respiratory therapists, et cetera, all of them from one side of the continuum to the other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive them their sins and increase their rank and write for them a great reward because of it and uh, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our masajid and our jama'at again so that we can set our right foot in the masajid Allahumma iftah li abwaaba rahmatik ya Allah open for me the doors of your mercy and that we may pray our prayers uh, in congregation and that we may leave and say Allah Allahumma inni as'aluka min fadlik i ask you ya Allah from your bounty and from your grace may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open the Haramain, sharifayn Masul aqsa and all the other masajid again soon and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, use this as a a, a means to uh, uplift and raise and elevate uh, those people who love Him, and those people who love the Ummah of the Prophet and those people who love the creation and will benefit them, and may He use it as a means to abase all of those jackals and hyenas in human form uh, uh, who would uh, like to harm the creation and who like to harm the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa in order to ingratiate themselves or ingratiate their own nufus. wa sallallahu